It can be really hard for us to relax at night. We're always thinking about covering crime. But the good news is our wonderful new sponsor, Via, has a terrific product that helps us unwind. Via Hemp has a wide range of terrific gummies of both the THC and THC-free varieties. They can help you with focus, recovery, sleep, creativity, or just plain enjoyment. These products legally ship to all 50 states. I really liked Zen in particular. This is a yummy blueberry option that lets you catch a chill sleep with help from CBN and CBD. It's really helped me turn off my brain and settle down for the night. I also got a shout out Flow State. It helped me feel energized throughout the day. Like not to brag, but I got a lot done. I'm talking about doing several interviews and editing a whole show from start to finish, not to mention jumping on some of the latest filings in the cases we cover. It really made me feel sharp and ready to tackle any challenge. I couldn't recommend this more. Via has so many great gummy options to choose from. Everything from guava berry low dose that allows you to microdose THC to the chill-inducing Delta 9 gummy dreams. Head to viahemp.com and use code MSHEET to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com and use code MSHEET at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Enhance your every day with Via Hemp. Again, if you're 21 and over, you can get 15% off plus a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code, msheet at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Content warning. This episode delves into the murder of two girls, domestic violence, and the sexual abuse of children. On the morning of August 24, 2022, a number of people began to notice some rather unusual activity on the My Case page devoted to Kagan Klein's case. Namely, it appeared as if a document had been sealed and then perhaps unsealed. We have gotten a lot of messages about this and wondering what it all means. We're going to share with you what we've learned and what we think it means. And we're going to do it off the cuff without a script so we can get this to you as quickly as possible. My name is Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And this is The Murder Sheet. 
a weekly true crime podcast. Anya and I connected over the Burger Chef murders, a 1978 unsolved case involving the killings of four young restaurant employees. Now we're looking to track restaurant homicides. To help us understand the patterns of these crimes, we created a spreadsheet of nearly a thousand eatery-related killings, the murder sheet. We'll be drawing on that data throughout season one to give you a deep dive into undercovered crimes. We're the murder sheet, and this is... The Delphi Murders, August 2022 Updates. On August 23, 2022, we received a tip that prompted us to drop everything and run out of our house. We rushed to our car and drove up to Peru, Indiana. We sped past the Tipton, Indiana Chrysler plant, where Doug Carter's helicopter hovered over on a recent July afternoon. We cut through downtown Peru, the town where Tony and Kagan were reared where residents say Tony began stalking and flashing women when he was just a teenager. We swung past the Klein house that the FBI raided back in 2017, shortly before inexplicably clearing Keg and Klein. We parked near the utility supplies company store. We immediately saw a cluster of state police vehicles parked both in front of that building and over in a fenced-off spot towards the edge of the Wabash River. That was visual confirmation that we were really onto something. We'd trusted the tipster, otherwise we wouldn't have made the drive. And the presence of the vehicles alone was suggestive, but we wanted to learn more. We knew we needed to get to the Wabash River, Indiana's state river, which flows through Peru. For a few minutes, we sat in the car, scrolling through map apps, wondering if there was nothing more to do other than turn back. Then I figured out that there was a nearby walking bridge that spanned the river, parallel to the Kelly Avenue Bridge in Peru. We scrambled up an embankment and headed over to the bridge. It was a sunny, hot afternoon. The air was buzzing with bugs and fluffy clouds floated overhead. The pedestrian bridge across the water was made up of neat cement squares and blue metal railings. We made our way across that and looked out into the river. The water was low. We counted around 12 figures standing in the shallows. They were divided into teams of three. Some appeared to be wearing goggles and what looked like wetsuits and snorkel masks. Others had stripped off their shirts. One man seemed to be wearing a state trooper's hat. They held implements in their hands. Buckets, spades devices that looked like metal detectors. There were also thin neon-colored sticks poking out of the water in several places. They were searching for something, 
beneath a bridge that's only about a six-minute drive from Tony Klein's house. We stood on the bridge observing them, and we documented the search by taking photographs. It was a surreal moment. We were watching a search unfold, a search connected to one of the most high-profile unsolved cases in the country. And we were alone, just two people standing on a bridge, briefly passed by the odd family or cyclist. We left not knowing if they found anything. Later that afternoon, we saw the searchers gathered in a semicircle having a meeting in front of the utility supply company. We were too far away to hear them. We watched some of their vehicles drive away, and then we left ourselves. So there was obviously a pretty major search going on, and our understanding is that this search was indeed related to the Klein matter, and that this search had been going on for several days. Now, it's important to note, though, that we don't know what they were looking for, and we don't know what Klein matter this is even connected to. Right, because we're talking about Kagan Klein, who's facing significant child sexual abuse materials charges. Uh, And then we're also talking about the Kleins being possibly linked through the Anthony Schatz account to the Delphi murders. That is true. We don't know for sure what they were looking for. We can speculate, but we don't know for sure. Yeah, I think it's really important to say that because uh, I think people think river search and they get a lot of ideas and, you know. Maybe those ideas are accurate. Maybe they're not. Yeah, we just, we don't know. Uh, But we do know they were out there because we saw them out there. And we saw them out there early this week. Yes. This brings us back to what happened in the court filings that were sealed and unsealed in this case. And I'm going to take a moment to read what I think is the pertinent filing. We'll likely put this up on uh, our Facebook group a bit later in the day. But here is what it is. This was, uh, this is an order that was originally filed on Friday, August 19th. It was sealed at that time. It's now been unsealed. So this is a court filing that was originally filed on Friday in the Kagan Klein case. So when there's references in this order to the defendant, it's a reference to Kagan Klein. And that's Friday, August 19th. And it was just unsealed today. Comes now the state of Indiana by Miami County Chief Deputy Prosecuting Attorney Peter Diedrichs. And comes now also the defendant by Attorney Andrew Akey. And both parties respectfully request that the court approve the agreed order as provided below herein. Specifically, that the Miami County Sheriff's Department be authorized to temporarily place the defendant in the above-captioned cause into the secure custody of the Indiana State Police, and that upon the conclusion of said temporarily custody, that the defendant be returned to the custody of the Miami County Jail. Comes now the court, and having reviewed the agreement of the parties, now finds and orders as follows that the Miami County Sheriff's Department is hereby authorized to temporarily place the defendant in the above-captioned cause into the secure custody of the Indiana State Police, and that upon the conclusion of said temporarily secure custody, that the defendant shall be returned to the secure custody of the Miami County Jail. So, so Kevin, you're an attorney. What does that mean? 
in English? Basically, ever since he's been arrested, Kagan Klein has been in the custody of the Miami County Sheriff's Department. They're holding him at the jail there. This order says that temporarily he's going to be given over to the Indiana State Police. Right. So they had the power to take him out of the jail to other locations. And he and his attorney, Andrew Aki are okay with that. They're, they have to, they, they need their permission to do that. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So it's not that the Indiana State Police is coming in and unilaterally saying, give him to us. They, everyone has to be okay with this. And I should highlight that uh, Mr. Aki or Mr. Aki signed the, this filing. Okay. Why would, in, in your understanding of the law and criminal cases, in what instances would this sort of device be used? Why would why would the ISP or any sort of other agency be coming in to basically borrow uh, somebody like this? Uh, one thing that I think is important to mention is it feels unlikely that the timing of this and the timing of the rather extensive search we saw of the river is coincidental. Yeah, I feel that feels like a hard thing to believe for me, too. Now, you and I are speculating here because we don't know the details of the search. We don't know the details of why the ISP had temporary custody of Kagan. But we can say, putting two and two together, essentially, you know, it's it's certainly suggestive of possibly Kagan Klein being talked to about said search, participating in said search. I don't perhaps know. giving information about locations or what could be hoped to be found yes. in said search. Yeah, I think I think that is a. That's probably as comfortable as I am in terms of speculating about that. I really don't think we should get too far ahead of ourselves with this because so much is unknown. But I think it is fair to say these things uh, happening so in concert with one another certainly seems interesting. It doesn't feel like it's a coincidence. No, no, it doesn't. A weight loss journey can feel like a lonely struggle. But it doesn't have to be. For so many of us, lifestyle changes like deciding to lose weight, adopting a nutritious diet, and taking up fun exercises are all about putting our own health and wellness first. But it can be really hard to know where to begin or how to keep the weight off once we've seen some progress. Quick fixes like soup diets and juice cleanses are unsustainable. There's a much better way to embark on this journey that over 200,000 people have already chosen. We're talking about the Roe Body Program. Here's how it works. Roe gives you access to one of the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Their Roe Body Program then sets up a comprehensive weight loss program tailored to your specific lifestyle, health status, and goals. In addition to the weekly shot, you get one-on-one -on -one coaching with a registered nurse. That can help you adopt and stick with lifestyle changes like exercise routines and nutritious diets. It's a comprehensive program that sees participants lose 15 to 20% of their weight in a year on average. But the real benefit is that you keep that weight off. This is weight loss at its most sustainable. 
With Roe, the average weight loss is 15 to 20 percent of your weight in one year in conjunction with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash msheet. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. Go to roe.co slash msheet. That's ro.co slash msheet. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And along similar lines, uh, another clue might be found uh, in a court filing on August 22nd. Uh, Mr. Aki requested that a pretrial conference uh, pertaining to this case, the case of Kagan Klein, be delayed. And the reason he said it should be delayed is the parties are currently engaged in negotiations. Mm-hmm. We're hearing from the defense attorney that the parties are engaged in negotiations. We now know that Kagan Klein was placed temporarily in the custody of the Indiana State Police and we know that there was a very extensive multi-day search in the Wabash River underneath the main bridge leading into Peru, Indiana. We don't know what all those things mean. I think it's likely there is a connection. I think so, too. Uh, I think it is important to note that the trial is still on for 2023. There's no change in plea. Uh there does not seem to be a plea deal that has happened at this point. Um, so sort of hard to know what sort of cooperation, if any, Kagan Klein would be offering and what, what those internal discussions look like, I guess, because I think when you, when you imagine a, a suspect of a serious case, uh, which is, which is of course what he's facing, perhaps cooperating or talking to police, you imagine that there's some sort of quid pro quo going on and we haven't seen any evidence of that at this point and i think it's fair to say that a lot of people both members of the public and certainly members in the law enforcement community would likely be upset and frustrated if kegan klein got us some sort of sweetheart deal it, what what he was what he is charged with is really heinous uh extensive child sexual abuse materials charges of course that he's facing we know that uh from our previous reporting that superintendent of the state police, Doug Carter, even flew in his helicopter up to Peru, Indiana, to urge uh, Miami County to take it to trial. So, uh, you know, it's interesting that we're sort of seeing this 
push-pull. On the one hand, we're seeing evidence that something is going on with Kegan behind the scenes, that there's this search, that there's this transfer of custody. And then on the other hand, you're seeing all signs pointing to a trial come January. Of course, a trial that is perpetually being moved back and delayed. This trial has been delayed over and over and over again. Yes. So uh, it's it's hard to know what to make of all this. And frankly, you know, one thing that we're we're going to be honest with you guys when we don't know what's going on and we don't really know what to make all of this. Uh, we, we know what's happening because we can see it from the public records. We could see a search in the river through our own eyes and tell you about that. But as far as really intensive analysis about exactly what all this means, I don't feel comfortable doing guesswork and trying to apply it to this serious situation, which may be a complicated one where a lot of things are moving behind the scenes and maybe certain things are contingent upon, you know, things happening and, and you just don't know um, how it's all going to shake out in the end. We don't have that information at this point. And obviously, if anyone out there has that information or has some informed speculation that they would like to confidentially share with us, please feel free to contact us at murderstreet at gmail.com. We obviously always protect our sources. Yeah, I'd be very interested to hear from people who work in police departments elsewhere who might have, you know, say some sort of personal experience where like, ah, yes, I remember we did something like this with this suspect. And here's how it went down in our case. Obviously, you know, it might be an apples to oranges comparison, but it could be interesting to just to see the, the breadth of experiences with, um, you know, different people uh, in similar situations. Because, yeah, it's sort of sort of like this push pull, you know, trial versus is Kagan Klein cooperating? I don't know. You also have to imagine that we've heard of I'm sure we've all heard of cases where somebody is angling for some sort of deal. Somebody's angling for some sort of. Um, beneficial treatment in in a in a in a situation like this and ends up passing along phony information and then things don't go forward because it was just part of some sort of game i'm not saying that's what is happening here but i do think it's important to note how frequently keg and klein told lies in the 2020 police transcript that we obtained and published uh seems to have a kind of a fraught relationship with the truth i think it's fair to say that's fair to say. It's also fair to say, in my opinion, that the members of the Indiana State Police who have been working this case know Kagan Klein fairly well and recognize his uh, tendencies to lie and deceive. And whatever it is, if, if there were negotiations going on, if he was in their custody, and if there is a connection between that and the search... All we can say is they would not have expended all of these resources to do such an extensive search unless they felt certain or fairly certain that there was a high probability of finding something. Or at least that they had to try, you know, and, and had to give it a good effort if they were going to try. I mean, one thing that I think is sort of also important to keep in mind is that Kagan Klein is not charged with anything directly connected to the Delphi murders. His charges center around his heinous, horrific, alleged online activity around um, preying on young girls and obtaining child sexual abuse materials. We were looking at that transcript from his interrogation again just the other day. 
and we were horrified anew by yeah. the depraved details of the- I just felt so sick. And you can tell, like, when you listen to that episode, like, we sound awful. I mean, have you you listened to it? Like, the, like our record, like, we just sound, anytime I think about that stuff, it just makes me feel very dead inside that people can be out there doing that to kids. And I, I wonder, though, you know, sometimes I think people might- you know, in terms of everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. And I think that sort of speculation is is natural. And as long as you're not taking it too far, saying, oh, I know what's happening, even if you don't, I think that's OK. Um, but I think you have a lot of people who are almost like, well, uh, you know, they're going to they're using the the CSAM case against him to, to you know, get to Delphi. And that's not really what you're supposed to do. <laughs> like, it's not it, it's not it's not a chess game. Right. I mean, the legal system is not meant to be like we're going to. It's all trade-offs, right? I mean, it's it's like the oh, you're disagreeing, so you think it is. It's not uncommon for prosecutors to overcharge so they can negotiate certain charges mm-hmm. away in return for information. Right. So in some senses, yeah, it is like a chess game. That's how the system works. But at the same time, the only thing is a prosecutor cannot file charges unless he believes he can prove them in court. Right. And I guess I'm just, I guess I just want to emphasize that like the charges against Kagan are not, you know, parking violations. These are really serious, really disturbing and heinous in their own right. And I think I would have a hard time believing that the powers that be in this situation would allow somebody to walk because I think somebody who's been doing that sort of thing and preying on kids online like that for years. I think that, I think there's a community danger factor there, frankly. I I based, this is just speculation. I, I have no cause to believe this other than my knowledge of some of the interests and people involved. I don't think there's any chance at all he's going to walk. Yeah, they have him dead to rights. I, I, it's it's feasible that they cut a few years off yeah. his sentence. It's feasible that he gets into a nicer prison instead of the worst possible prison. He did awful things. Everybody working this case or reading about this case or listening to information about this case, we all know he did awful things. And he's going to pay for those things as he should. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see what what happens with the trial, right? They have him dead to rights. They have him dead to rights, but you never know what a jury's going to do. There's always going to be a bit of uncertainty until it is adjudicated. But yes, I believe they have him. I believe they have him dead to rights. Um, his excuses for why there's so much child sexual abuse materials on his devices doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think it's important to emphasize and. Uh, you know, but I think I think what what people are really looking out is, you know, will that eventual trial, should it happen eventually, will that be some sort of bellwether for the Delphi case or, or what, what, will anything come of that to possibly lead to some sort of development in the Delphi case? And yeah, I guess we're just going to have to watch. But I I think this is a very interesting wrinkle, what we saw happen 
this month with the search and with the transfer of custody? We took, as we mentioned, we took dozens of photographs of this search. And uh, I imagine we will be putting up at least a few of them on our Facebook group in the coming days. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, we'll, you know, kind of give a sense of what it looks like and perhaps some people who work in, uh, you know, diving teams themselves or, you know, in other states might be able to kind of inform us of what what exactly we're looking at. Uh, the official line that we heard around town is that it was a training exercise. So we don't have official word that this was definitely connected to Delphi, but that's certainly what we've been hearing behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes, it's obvious this was not a training exercise. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's pretty true. Yeah, it was really surreal to be out there watching it happen because it was a, you know, we knew from behind the scenes that this was likely connected to either Keg and Klein's case or the Delphi case. And we were out there watching it and we were the only ones out there. <laughs> Let's switch tacks a little bit. Uh, we recently put out an episode about um, a critical mistake that the FBI made early on in the case. And people were talking about that. Um, as a recap, basically, FBI personnel were tasked with obtaining surveillance footage from different local establishments for, you know, the time around the murders. Uh, it, at some point it became relevant because um, Kagan Klein was linked to some sort of search regarding either the location of or the Marathon gas station in Delphi, which, you know, on the day of the murders, which is a uh, highly re relevant because that sort of blows apart any alibi or, or could, you know, if, if he's placed at the scene, if his father is placed at the scene, if a vehicle associated with them is placed at that gas station, then they're in Delphi that day. And that's obviously significant. The yes. FBI was entrusted with getting the relevant surveillance footage they failed to do so. Yes. And uh, we get the sense that, uh, well, I mean, it's confirmed that the Indianapolis office of the FBI in particular was all over Delphi. And that's not just us speculating because Indianapolis is, you know, the capital of Indiana. It's because W.J. Abbott the former special agent in charge of that division said that that was the case in a 2021 interview with Fox 59. And he's of course, very controversial figure for his handling of the Larry Nasser case, which was completely bungled. Seems too generous <laughs> bungled uh, allegations of corruption. He was eyeing a fancy Olympic committee job, uh, you know, when he was, should have been investigating this case. And so it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, this is not, this is an office I think that people should be skeptical of. Even if you're inclined to have faith in the FBI, even if you're inclined to say the FBI stepping in is the best thing for this, you know, for the case, because they're the professionals. I think people see them as the adults in the room oftentimes that's influenced by media and perhaps, you know, some positive handling of other cases. But I think we want to emphasize that that may be what very well the case for a lot of divisions, but the Indianapolis division does not deserve the benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry. That sounds, that sounds kind of harsh, but when you see the things that were going on in Nasser, 
we're not we're not bringing our own criticism to this. We are just reading the words of the inspector general, the FBI director himself, acknowledging how messed up the situation was. And when you're telling us that then Indianapolis FBI is all over Delphi early on, and oh, here's a really ridiculous mistake that they made that was just sloppy. It's hard to get, it's, it's very, it's very frustrating. I think the key thing to remember is that in the Nasser case, the mistakes made by the FBI were ultimately exposed because of a very watchful press. Yes. The Indianapolis star, the Indianapolis star kept an eye on things and held the FBI accountable. And we intend to keep a watchful eye on the law enforcement agencies in this case and do our best to hold them accountable. And if any one of you out there has any information you'd like to share with us, again, please email us at murdersheet at gmail.com and we will keep your information confidential. Thank you. The mistakes made in the Nasser case seemed to have a whiff of corruption or a whiff of bad acts. And I think that was what resulted in a lot of the fallout. The mistake in the Delphi case that we know about seems more of like either laziness or sort of a miscommunication sloppiness. It doesn't seem to be intentional. So I think it's important to emphasize that. But I think that should be a lesson that, you know, I don't think that law enforcement, a a, 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 a well-resourced law enforcement body in any case at any level should be able to act completely without impunity, without the media asking questions. I think that's how you get mistakes and worse. So when people are telling you, don't ask the, you know, don't ask the police questions, don't ask the FBI questions, just let them do their work. That is how you got Larry Nasser preying on girls for years until the Indianapolis Star, sh- sh- you know, shone a light on it. And I think that that sort of unquestioning, you know, don't, don't look at them. Don't don't pay any attention to what they're doing. I, I think that's incredibly harmful, especially in cases that are unsolved, because when a case is five years unsolved, I think people should be asking questions. Why is that not with the intent of just casting blame or holding people as scapegoats? But I think the public deserves answers. If you have information that you'd like to share with us about the Kleins, or the Delphi case in general, then email murdersheet at gmail.com. We protect our sources. If you need to get in contact with police about this case, email your tip to abbyandlibbytip at c-a-c-o-s-h-r-f dot com or call the tip line at 765-822-3535. To our surprise, we've gotten a number of requests from people saying they would like a way to help financially support our efforts with the show. So, if you are interested, we are relaunching a Patreon page, which you can find at www.patreon.com slash murdersheet. Join us there for two live video question and answer sessions each month. You can ask us anything, suggest new cases for us to look at, or even offer ideas for new leads for us to follow. If Patreon is not your thing, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com 
slash murder sheet. Thanks for the interest. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Murder Sheet. As always, thanks to Kevin Tyler Greenley, who composed the music for The Murder Sheet, and who you can find on the web at kevintg.com. To keep up with the latest on The Murder Sheet, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Murder Sheet, and on Facebook at MSheet Podcast, or by searching Murder Sheet. If you enjoy listening to The Murder Sheet, please leave us a five-star review to help us gain more exposure. And send tips, suggestions, and feedback to murdersheet at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.